It's now time for the Rural News with Sally Murphy and Ōtetahi. Tēnā Sally. Just how much pig waste can Waikato's water handle? Kia ora, Charlotte. Well, a lot is being discharged at the moment. Some con- confronting footage of effluent from a pig farm overflowing into a stream has been released by Waikato Regional Council. The council took the video last Wednesday. Two days later, it sought a court order to stop the pig farm discharging it. But compliance manager Patrick Lynch says despite an interim enforcement order, the council had to respond to further significant discharges yesterday. We have been doing proactive monitoring on the site for for quite some months. Their levels of compliance have been uh, um, all over the place. And so uh, we've been paying them a lot of attention. They had got somewhat better for a while, but in recent weeks it's, it's, things have really deteriorated. Patrick Lynch says the effluent is running into the Patafo stream, which flows into the Waiho River, and locals have reported the stench four kilometres downstream. He says the council is investing a huge level of resources into trying to get the farm compliant. Mr Lynch says the farm owners have been told to take action. Options available for the company is we would put them into sort of broad categories. Those categories would be to reduce the inputs, so that's reduce the number of animals that you've got there. Rainwater, stormwater can get into the system and then that can sort of exacerbate the amount of contaminant that has to be managed. So what are ways, you know, that that infrastructure can be set up to keep rainwater, stormwater uh, out of the system? What are options for increasing the capacity for storage, so so hiring, leasing tanks, getting ponds built, whatever it is that's needed to just so to contain that stuff until it can be lawfully disposed of or safely disposed of, uh, and then the disposal itself. What what are the methods that could and should be in place to lawfully dispose of that stuff? So um, all all things that good businesses should have had in place. NZ Pork Chief Executive Brent Kleiss says the environmental issues caused by the runoff are disappointing, but it's understood the farm's effluent systems are under pressure due to significant rainfall in Waikato this year. He says the farm owners are investing in upgrades and improvements to the effluent system and are in discussions with the Waikato Regional Council. Meanwhile, the Ministry for Primary Industries recently conducted an animal welfare inspection at the farm. It says no animal welfare issues were found, and all minimum standards of the Code of Welfare for Pigs were being met or exceeded. To other news, red meat companies have been told to keep pushing higher quality cuts into China, despite consumers changing their eating habits. A Shanghai-based marketing and research executive, Mark Tanner, says the pandemic has resulted in people eating out less and opting for more convenience foods. He says that's a hard market to tap into, but the effort could pay off. Not everyone can can sell direct to consumers because it it is very competitive. It does require different mindset than if you're traditionally just exporting cuts of meat. Um, But it does, if it done well, it can be incredibly prosperous and, and leave you a little less exposed to those fluctuations in meat prices. Mark Tanner says things could be turning a corner as China's GDP grew 4.5% in the first quarter of the year. He says that's why it's important to keep pushing New Zealand's clean, green brand in China at the higher value end. We're never going to compete for volume, and so I don't think we can really afford to, to do anything but that premium side of the market. 
And two, we've got a really good platform to market from the fact that New Zealand is perceived as incredibly healthy, clean, green, all of those really important things that Chinese consumers place a lot of value on. I would definitely be um, going for that premium end of the market and consumers are still trading up. They're more selective about it and they need to see a really valuable proposition behind it, but uh, they they are buying more good quality food and beverage um, than they ever had. Mr Tanner says the long-term outlook for China's economy looks good, with more than half the population currently considered middle class, with enough disposable income to spend on good quality imported meat. Meanwhile, there are hopes the downward slide in how much New Zealand farmers are paid for their lamb won't go much further. Most meat companies took another 10 cents out of the lamb schedule this week as global prices continue to drop amid softer consumer demand. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crowe says the average range of what farmers are paid is now $6.60 to $7.10 a kilo. I feel like we're nearing the bottom because we are just starting to see some little changes in those export markets. But like like I said, they've got to translate into actual sales occurring more regularly at those higher levels. So yeah, it will it will depend on the flow of lambs um, coming out over the next couple of months. And we are still aware that there is still a lot of old season lambs on farm. So we've got to see some real strength return to those overseas markets before we're confident enough to say that, yes, this is it and, and we're going to see some upside. That's Mel Crowd. A biodiversity expert is urging the government to make sure councils have enough support to carry out ambitious new roles to protect native flora and fauna. New Indigenous biodiversity standards, which came into force last week, aim to give councils clearer direction on how to identify, manage and protect significant natural areas where biodiversity is declining. Councils have five years to identify these areas and then they'll have to enforce the new rules. Landcare Research Chief Scientist Dr Dwayne Peltzer says he is concerned how well resourced councils will be to follow through with the new guidelines. The primary information even gathering is actually a huge undertaking. So how is that funded? Is it through biodiversity credits or ongoing and so forth? So let alone how would you enforce any of this or look for compliance? And so I, I do not envy councils in the role here. I think there is really clear statements and expectations. I think they're aspirational. I would love to see them fire. How it works in practice, how we support councils and others, and particularly around the engagement. It's both landowners and with Tangata Fenua throughout here. But I think it is requiring a bit of a system level change. If we're expecting councils to really do this well, how do we support them? That's Dr Dwayne Peltzer. And just lastly, a Canterbury company which helps those who suffer with social issues or addictions get into farming has been recognised for its efforts. New Mooland Limited works with the Ministry of Social Development to get people into training and jobs and provides mentoring throughout the process. Chris and Jodie Ford, who set up the company two years ago, were recognised with a bronze award at the Salwyn Business Awards over the weekend. Mr Ford says it's humbling to be recognised for their work. So originally we started off by MSD would bring van loads of uh, unemployed people and these were not sort of um, long-term unemployed. These were people that had lost their job from COVID. We had aircraft engineers and uh, baristas coming out to give milking cows a go. So, and it just grew from there. So what we do is we take um, candidates, trainees, 
and we give them a two-week, two to three-week cookie course on dairy farming, milking cows, through all the basic stuff and get them farm ready for employment. Chris Ford says about 45 people have done the course and 30 have gone on to full-time jobs. He says it's really rewarding helping people struggling to find work. The best part of the job is seeing people grow, like, you know, seeing colour come back into people's skin, seeing um, just natural health benefits of some of them, like losing weight, holding a conversation where we originally met them and they wouldn't wouldn't put two words to us, you know. But just seeing seeing them grow and seeing that smile and, um, and treating Jody and I like a mum and dad. We, we mentor them and we're still mentoring some of them 18 months after they started employment. Chris Ford is hopeful their contract with MSD will be renewed so they can continue helping people get into farming. And that's the Rural News for today. Kia pai tērā.